Team Team, Boafik, I hope you're ready to discuss Caribbean literature. I'm Mayla, a romance author from Guadeloupe. This is how I present myself today, but it took me about 20 years to give myself permission to write about my people falling in love and finding happiness. Why? Well, thank you for asking and I'm going to tell you why. I never got to read about Caribbean people being happily in love until 2019. And chances are, especially if you're listening to this podcast in 2021, you probably haven't either. That's why I decided to record my discussions with Caribbean authors who will give you an idea of their motivations and the issues they faced to get their romance stories published. My hope is for you to be inspired to write, to buy, because we're here to support, and to read romance stories set in the Caribbean with Caribbean people. On why. Yemunla, welcome to episode 2 of this series celebrating Tim Tim Boafik, first anniversary. Today we're in Barbados with author Kelly Browning. Last year, she was promoting her second novel, The Vanishing Girls, and this book brought her so many great opportunities and the blessings keep coming because her short story, The Science of Garbage, got shortlisted for the BCLF Elizabeth Nunez Award of 2022. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Just listen to our discussion. So many things have changed in just 12 months. And so for you, when when we discussed last year, uh, we were talking about um, self-publishing and you were promoting um, The Vanishing Girls. Um, so let's start with The Vanishing Girls. What have happened between <laughs> last August oh. and this year? It's funny that you should ask that because I think sometimes when you're in the moment and you sit there and you say to yourself, okay, well, this book just came out. I'm doing my best to push it. That sometimes you don't always see what's ahead. And for you to ask me this question a year later when a lot of stuff has happened, I feel actually pretty accomplished. (laughs) So That's great. Yes. So since we last spoke, because last time we spoke, I think it was like six months in, reviews were positive for the most part. Because, you know, it's art. There's always going to be one or two who aren't crazy about it. Um, But I, I felt, I think because I'm so new to self-publishing, I felt like, oh, God, this was crap. <laughs> I really did. But you know what? I would probably never have said it out loud. And the rest of 2021 passed uneventfully. It was like, okay, well, maybe it's just not, you know, you know, hazel eyes. Okay, I'm fine with that. And then as soon as January hit, it felt like the knob was turned up on this book. Because immediately, I think like the first or second day of January, the Jamaica Gleaner called it one of their top 10 books of 2021. Wow. And as you would know, The Gleaner is one of the oldest newspapers in the Caribbean, one of mm. the most respected publications. So that was huge for me. Um, then a few days later, there's um, a local magazine called Gainon. And Gainon, unbeknownst to me, shortlisted it as one of the top books of 2021 as well. But that was a crowd um, 
crowd voting type of situation and it didn't go through to the finals it didn't win but i still was shocked and surprised that anybody even bothered to nominate it because it has to be nominated and then seconded mm. so it was surprised and shocked that it was nominated and seconded um then i took the first i basically condensed the first paragraph into 10 words and submitted it to the ali competition which is the alliance of independent authors and they're a fairly well-respected organization as well and it won the grand prize for the best 10 word short story mm-hmm. um <laughs> so and, and the thing is like the judges said you know i could just picture everything going on like i could see the people that would respond to this ad i could see because just for a little bit of context because i know people are listening um so, so the book basically is about the first chapter is about this mortician who's looking for an office assistant and one of the criteria is that the person not be squeamish um but he's not finding anyone you know so i condense those words into to say basically help wanted must be comfortable around human blood and entrails and the judges loved it and i won thousands of dollars in prizes um like some book cover design some consultations some you know all kinds of stuff and then i also was chosen by my government to go overseas to this retreat to represent you know barbadian writers and i got to meet some great people in the publishing industry some really heavy hitters so (laughs) you know it's really been an impressive year in terms of what has happened, not just to Vanishing Girls, but for me as well, in terms of having some sort of, not necessarily just validation, but just feeling like I wasn't flailing anymore. Because the truth is, I'm not going to lie, I felt like I was flailing for a while. Because it feels like, you know, you're doing this thing all on your own. It feels like you're sitting inside a tiny little box out in the ocean, and you're not sure which way to paddle. You're not sure if you're writing the right books. You're not sure if you're marketing it the right way. You're not sure if you're doing anything at all properly. Then to to just get like a whole wave of things happening that that says, you know what, you're pretty good. It it really does help to feed the creative process a little bit more because you feel like, you know what, clearly I'm not doing everything wrong. Something must be right. Mm-hmm. So that has been the past year in a nutshell. And it feels like, I know when we talked last time, like I said, I didn't think any of this was possible or even probable. And it's it's crazy. It, is, it has been crazy for real. So <laughs> it's but been good. The, the thing is, for the girl with the hazard eyes, you also had, you know, recognition a few mm-hmm. of you like i think you were in oprah oprah daily or something like that yeah yeah oprah daily oprah daily you were also with um yahoo 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 exactly you know so mm-hmm. i mean again i'm not surprised <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm very happy for you i mean so happy for you like but it's so well deserved because Sometimes I totally understand how artists, so just not writers, I mean, artists in general. Artists, yeah, for sure. They may feel like they don't get 
the recognition that they deserve. But really, in your case, it's such it's such a joy to watch you go through this journey. And you keep staying humble mm-hmm. and you keep thinking, like you were saying, am I doing this right? I don't know what I'm doing and all that. But the fact that you keep trying and you keep pushing forward, that's so inspiring. Really, truly. Like, I'm so, yes. Every time I talk about yeah. it, sometimes <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going to cry. Oh, <laughs> because honestly, me too. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it's because it's it's like it can happen. Yeah. But you have to work for it. It's not like. <sighs> Very much so. Exactly. You put in the work and you get the results. And and that's just yeah. so beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah, so thank you. You're right though. Even even when I do feel it's amazing. It's like I'm a sucker for punishment because even when I do feel like oh, this is pointless, I still do it. Mm. I still do it. And I think that that is something that a lot of us have to carry forward. You have to trust the process. <laughs> Inside joke, people. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we have to trust the process. Exactly. Word. <laughs> so we've talked a little bit earlier in um in 2022, and mm-hmm. you were telling me how you really wanted to do writing full time. So mm-hmm. is it something that you're really going to do? Or did you change your mind? I have not changed my mind. <laughs> um, furthermore, there are lots of things happening in the background that I can't really discuss just yet. But there's there are a couple of things that I'm working on to make it happen. I'm actually traveling in a few weeks. Um, and that is as part of what I'm doing to try to make it happen full time. But I can't really discuss it just yet. But I feel like as much as writing could, well, not writing, but publishing can frustrate you and drive you to tears, there's no doubt in my mind that the amount of joy it gives me to write and even to market my own stuff and the conversations that I get to have with people and for sure, the incredible people I have met, they make it totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, to meet so many talented people who are passionate about arts, especially Caribbean art. I mean, I, I can't see how I would not want to keep writing and to write full time. It has become so important for me to pursue this and to continue this. Um, there's, there's no other desire I think I have that is as strong as, as this. Mm. Wow. Again, I don't feel like we hear enough Caribbean artists express how vital their art is to them and hearing you saying this like you have it's the strongest desire that you have right now it's just right <laughs> so inspiring again it's, it's very inspiring and my so so you're working on transitioning from okay from co- corporate world is, is that how you say it and you move um to- yeah to some extent, yeah. To yeah. to move from what I do to to move from being a part time writer to being a full time. Mm. Um so- and everything I'm doing right now. I mean, in my personal life, in my 
professional life, everything has been tweaked and twisted to work towards this. Mm. Everything. And I'm not joking. I mean, everything. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Can you tell us if you're working on a new story or is it secret, secret? I'm working on about three things. One of them is I'm still working. I have to get back to Beneath the Sun, let's see. Because that story, I just can't wait. Um, part of the trip overseas that I did, I was actually kind of glad to push it back because I got to get some amazing information. Um, on the next trip I'm going on, that actually will help me to get some more information to help finish write it. So yeah, I really want to finish Sunlitzy and finish it properly mm -hmm. within the next month or two. And then I have some other, I have like a, a, a YA fantasy that I'm working on. I, I know I've been talking about this YA fantasy for a while, but the thing is on my, on the trip that I went to in Europe that the government sent me on, I actually, <laughs> I actually kind of scrapped entirely what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like 10,000 words and it had like a, a clear outline and everything. And because I, I was, I had to do this exercise for one of the classes in the workshop and I took like a minor character and looked into them properly. And I just got so intrigued by this character that I actually scrapped everything and started writing a fresh book about mm -hmm. this particular character. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's so much more engaging now and it's so much fresher and exciting and I'm very, very excited about it. Okay. It's and you have an idea of where this could be released? When? Yes, when? Mm, I'm hoping sometime next year. But I want to finish San Litsi first. Um, okay. But without a doubt, for me to be able to, because the truth is, I know I write a lot of it's historical fiction mm. because that's one of my loves. However, I anybody who knows me will tell you I never say no to a good fantasy. I love fantasy. I love YA. So to be able to mix the two of them together is something that I I'm very very excited about. I I just can't express enough how much I want to write the story okay so i'm a bit confused uh mm -hmm. about the, the definition of fantasy can you give me an example of what is fantasy because i have something to say about that <laughs> about caribbean the way mm -hmm. i mean caribbean fantasy but i need to know exactly what mm -hmm. you mean by fantasy first well there's another word for it. i can't remember um is it called speculative fiction so it's like so it would be things like fairies and goblins and folklore um so like the mermaid of black conch might be well not really mm -hmm. fantasy but because that's more but yeah th there is an element of fantasy in it because it's about a mermaid and how she ends up on shore um but yeah that type of thing but this one would be more i i like when i described it to someone i said it's like well With the previous version I had, it was like Harry Potter meets Game of Thrones. Okay. Because, you know, both of them had a lot of elements of fantasy in them and there was a quest and that type of thing. With the new one that I'm writing, it's about uh, a young 
folklore creature who okay. wants to be accepted and she goes on this quest to to gain acceptance and along the way she meets um a prince and a thief mm. they form her little band of um misfits <laughs> you know out to get justice mm. in the world okay so now i'm going to say what i wanted to say now that i mm-hmm. know what you mean by fa- fantasy and it would mm-hmm. be uh with a caribbean approach mm-hmm. um right now mm-hmm. in france French media mm-hmm. is acting like fantasy, sci-fi, Caribbean Afrofuturism are the new thing. Mm-hmm. And I always, so of course, I watch and I listen interviews from uh, authors from Guadeloupe and Martinique because they're mostly the ones who write this kind of Mm-hmm. of stories and mm-hmm. they are treated like they're the first to do it you know mm-hmm. I always tell myself first of all our literature because of the folklore and the fact that we're not scared I mean we're not scared to mix religion with all this magic and it's in our daily lives So I, mm. I feel like it's not new. It's not. No, it isn't. Mm. It isn't. And second of all, when you look at Caribbean literature in the English-speaking world, it, it, you have countless stories like that. I mean, it's a genre, actually. I mean, I think we can say mm. it's a genre. Of course. So I'm like, and these authors always say yeah it's just to connect us to our caribbean culture but they act like they first and i feel like there's this missing link to really understand the perspective that they're writing from maybe it's presumptuous of me to say it like that but i don't understand how you can call yourself a caribbean artist or caribbean authors since we're speaking about writing, a Caribbean author, and you feel like you're first to do something when you don't or you don't mention things that have been done in other Caribbean countries. Mm-hmm. It's something that I just don't... I, I, I don't understand. And it's... Yeah, it, it makes me think a lot in the mm-hmm. way we perceive we perceive ourselves in the way mm-hmm. we define our caribbean identity because 10 years ago the word caribbean wasn't around that much mm-hmm. and you know when i realized uh the change is when i was translating stuff maybe five years ago when i would go to um you know automatic translation softwares they would say uh when i would say antillais antillais they they would say west indian uh-huh. and five years ago uh i mean and in the past five years even when i say antillais uh-huh. the the english translation is caribbean 
And when mm-hmm. I say Caribbean, which is which which is the real French word for Caribbean, then mm-hmm. the um, the translation goes Caribbean also. But this switch to me shows that indeed the word entier that we French speaking Caribbean people use to define ourselves within mm-hmm. the French context mm-hmm. is n- it's just not has no reality anymore. We keep using it, but from even for the outside world, it just doesn't exist anymore. It's just Caribbean. It's it's just the word Caribbean. It's true. So I'm like, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how we as French-speaking people, we're really going to connect us to this Caribbean identity, this Caribbean-ness. Because right now, it's not... It's not there yet. It's not giving. No. It's not giving, as people say. It's not. When you were talking about writing fantasy mm-hmm. and when you say Harry Potter meets Game of Thrones and all that, it speaks to me. But if mm-hmm. there's one thing that I, I'm not into Harry Potter at all, like I've seen the f- first three movies, I mm-hmm. think I read the first three books. But I never got into it, really. And I think it's mm-hmm. because it just didn't speak to me. Mm-hmm. But if I read something like that in a Caribbean mm-hmm. context, I know I'm going to love it. <laughs> I already know it. So mm-hmm. really just keep doing what you do. Just, I mean, mm-hmm. I know your books, your stories are going to be adapted into films. I just can't see myself 10 years from now going to the movies to watch your film. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm going to stream <laughs> it online. But it will be available online. <laughs> I'm going to stream them. I can see it already. Mm-hmm. I really hope. Because that's what we did last year when we when we spoke. Uh, we did a fan cast mm-hmm. for The Vanishing Girls. And... Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm sure at some point there will be a filming company mm-hmm. that that will want to, how do you say, option your book or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Because there's everything to, to create a good story for a film or a TV show. Mm-hmm. I see it in my head right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope so too. yeah but it's going to be so much fun like when I turned 30 Mm -hmm. I was like hmm I feel like I'm at a turning point in my life because when you're 30 you've been through some things in your 20s so you actually kind of know what you want Mm -hmm. you know what you do not want Mm-hmm. but at the same time you realize that okay now you're 30 but it still doesn't feel like you know what you're doing with your life mm-hmm. and so I was a bit scared of getting old or growing old mm-hmm. I don't know what how mm-hmm. to say it uh, mm-hmm. I was scared because I didn't see how good things can become mm-hmm and in the past five years, I learned how to see the future mm-hmm. in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And 
now I'm thinking because I think you turned 40 this year. I mean, I don't yeah, know. Well, you... last year, yeah. Last year, last yeah. Year. And I used to say maybe like up to two years ago, I just don't know where I will be when I'm 40. And it was scaring me. And now I still don't know where I will be when I'm 40, but I'm excited. I, I'm actually excited of of the time passing because I know it means it's going to bring great things and I cannot wait to see these things, to enjoy them. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's mm -hmm. exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, it is because um, I know like for me, I went through the same um, phases and, you know, I, I, I used to think, hear people, hearing people say, well, you know, I, you know, 40s and you're 30 or, you know, when you get 40, you don't, you, you know, you're glad you're past that phase. Mm. And they're right. <laughs> they're right. I feel like once you have a better grasp on yourself as an individual, it makes you a much stronger person in general. And as people who create like you and I, it makes our our stories we have more to draw from to tell our stories mm -hmm. you have more to draw from when you're creating your podcast and writing and and you think about things in a different way mm -hmm. you know and i feel like that is something that we absolutely cannot put a price on and we we have to embrace the concept of aging as a blessing mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. Make sure to check out timtimboafik.com for more Caribbean books. You can email me at timtimboafik at gmail.com or you can follow me on Instagram at timtimboafik. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Core. And to help the podcast get more visibility, share it with your friends, your family, your neighbors, and you can give it five stars on Apple Podcasts. I hope you enjoyed this episode. See you à dans d'autres soleils.